Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. The story of Good Friday, it is just brutal and it's sad, but it is not the end of the story. It's actually the beginning. Well, like so many of you, we're at home and we're remembering how Christ suffered and died for our salvation some 2,000 years ago. What a story. You know, probably like you, I appreciate and I value the backstory to a good story. I mean, it's the backstory to a good story that makes it a great story. I mean, what's Cinderella without the backstory of the evil stepmother and stepsisters? Or how can you really enjoy Star Wars if you don't know the backstory about Darth Vader? The only thing that makes a great story an incredible story is that it's a true story. The story of Good Friday is different from stories of fantasy and fiction. It's because it is a true story. It's because the depth of its backstory is what really makes Good Friday the most incredible story ever told. Of course, we could start with the backstory starting at Palm Sunday, but that's not going far enough. We literally have to go all the way back to the time of Moses and the ten plagues. Scholars tell us that the great exodus took place around 1446 B.C. It's there that this Jewish holiday season began. It's there that well, their 4th of July, their Independence Day, took place. That's what Passover is all about. They were set free miraculously by God from their oppressors and those who enslaved them, Pharaoh, Egypt. And so here, after being in oppression for 400 years, God sets them free. And so they celebrate, all the Jews, for nearly now at the time when Jesus would be crucified, about 1,500 years. So here, the disciples speak to Jesus because it's the Passover season. And Matthew records it. And let's read out of Matthew chapter 27, verse 17. Now on the first day of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? You see, we get from the minds of Matthew and the disciples this, this little window of opportunity to understand how significant this holiday is. It is unbelievable how important the Passover is to the Jews. 
Passover was an eight-day event, and there were many things that took place during those eight days that brought out the richness and the meaning of this miraculous rescue and deliverance by God of the Hebrews. And it really had an incredible insight into the meaning of the Lamb of God. So here, let's go back to Exodus chapter 12, where, where the beginning, where the origin of the Lamb of God comes to bear. Starting at verse 21, and before we get to 21, we've already seen that God has spoken to Moses. He's given him a clear understanding about what this 10th plague is going to be and what the instructions are for him and for all of the people and the leaders and specifically how and what to do during this evening. They had just gone through the ninth plague. The ninth plague was really about, well, three days of darkness. And it was there that, well, Pharaoh found out their sun gods were nothing. The God of Ra, the God of Re, the God of Honus. The sun gods were nothing because God Almighty had turned off the lights. And there was no sun for three days. God was really getting the attention of Pharaoh, but he still would not let God's people go. So here, Moses is now giving the instructions to the elders of Israel. Verse 21, then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb and you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. They were to be quarantined. Interesting, right? Verse 23. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts, that's just the doorframe. The Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into the houses to strike you. So let's look at some, some points, some, some links that we can consider that really tie together this event called Passover that had taken place nearly 1,500 years before Jesus' crucifixion, and now the crucifixion of the Lamb of God, and how these two are literally linked together. One of the ways is how they were instructed in the first Passover to choose a lamb. The, the Hebrews were instructed to select a lamb that was without blemish. A lot of, they were actually spending up to four days monitoring the lamb they were selecting, making sure it was without blemish. They weren't to bring the sick lamb that was about to die, the super old lamb, they were to bring the most healthiest, vibrant, no blemish whatsoever lamb before God to sacrifice. There's no question that Jesus was, met all the requirements needed to be the perfect lamb of God. We find that in the words of God himself. 
This is what he says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I mean, sealed of approval. This is the approved lamb of God. It wasn't, it wasn't in the, the life or the living of the Lamb of God that brought about salvation to the people. It was literally the death of the Lamb that brought deliverance and protection to the Hebrews. And the same is true of us. Let's talk about the blood. The blood on the doorframe. Now the people were instructed to take the hyssop, now hyssop is a, it's a flowery plant. It's not a very strong plant. Um, and they were to take the hyssop and, and literally dip it into the basin of blood. And then they were to sprinkle it on the doorposts and over the header, the lintel, and on the other side. And, and this was an act of obedience that demonstrated faith in God. God already knew who his people were. He knew the difference between the Hebrews and the Egyptians. No, this was an act of faith that was demonstrated on the door. God knew. This was for them to know. that They were in obedience to God and look at how God brought deliverance and freedom and victory because of their obedience, their faith. It's interesting to note um, this observation somebody had, I don't, I don't know their name, but they, they took the image of a cross and they said, you know, when you take the cross member off and the long part from the ground to where the cross member would be off, it makes two doorposts. And then if you took the, the top piece from the cross member up above the head and you turn it, it literally would make a doorway, the doorposts and the lentil. And the blood of the Lamb of God was on all of the wood of the cross that Jesus died. There's nothing that God misses. It's beautiful. Now, in order for the Lamb to be kept whole, see, God required that the lamb there with the Hebrews and this great exodus, that the lamb needed to be intact. It needed to be whole. So he said, there's no boiling because their pots weren't going to be big enough to put a whole lamb in. So they would literally have to, disin they would have to cut it up and dismember it into pieces and then boil the meat. He said, no, 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 no. See, because the prophecy would go out there that there would be no broken bones on Jesus, the Lamb of God. And so they said, you need to roast it with no parts of it broken or taken off. It seems like a small thing. But see, the beauty of the backstory is what makes it such a great story. Jesus had no broken bones and neither did any of the lambs that were used in the great exodus. They, they were all quarantined to their homes. They were instructed to eat a special meal as a family together. 
And they were to do it in, in expectation and in haste because at any moment they would be delivered to be set free. And so they actually had a, the father would actually have his staff in hand. He would have his, his boots or his sandals on and he would be all dressed, ready to go. He would eat with one hand and holding on to his staff in the other. And they were quarantined. Folks, this Good Friday, right here in your home, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage your household to have a very special, simple meal together. I want you to have communion. I want you to find a Bible and go to Luke chapter 7. Excuse me, Luke chapter 22. Start at verse 7 and go to verse 20. And, or if, if not, maybe go to my video that I did last Sunday on Palm Sunday. And at the end there, I, I do communion. You could just scroll until you get to that part. And you could watch me doing communion with you guys. But, you know, in your family, there's something dynamic when you do something spiritually together. Folks, every year my family and I on different holidays, we gather together and we grab the juice. We grab some crackers or some bread. And there's a reading of, of Luke chapter 22. And then there's an opportunity just to give grace and gratitude to God for all that he's done. And you know, I believe, just like on that very first Passover, when all the families in their own homes, the doors closed, and there they had a simple meal together, that you could have this simple meal together, that God could do something powerful on your home and bless you out of your spiritual act of obedience, just like putting the blood on the doorpost and on the lentil, your simple act of faith, by doing communion together, God could so bless you. I pray God's blessing and God's peace come upon you by doing communion together. Well, there's a, there's a big lesson to be learned from the 10th plague they all needed to submit to God and to obey what he had commanded them to do or the destruction of the death angel would come. But the Egyptians, unlike the Hebrews, the Hebrews who obeyed God and, and obeyed all instructions, they were delivered and they were set free. The Egyptians were not. And death came to the oldest child, the oldest son, in all of those homes. From the poorest of the Egyptian to the highest to Pharaoh. You know, there's a reality that we need to completely understand. The, the lesson is this. That without the blood of Christ, without the blood of the Lamb, there is no covering, no forgiveness of sin. There's no protection. For the wages of sin is death. But salvation comes through the blood of the Lamb. God died for my sins and for yours. Jesus was my substitute. That's what Good Friday is about. The one who sacrificed the Lamb to set me free 
from that which oppresses and that which enslaves me, that which is called sin. Their faith to obey, their faith to submit to God is what brought God's protection. Passover was a mark of a new beginning. It was a new beginning for every Hebrew person there. They were now set free. They had been enslaved for 400 years. They were now set free. They were their own people. No longer obligated to be at the mercy of, of Egypt's pagan gods. They could worship their God, Jehovah. Folks, many times we can be enslaved to a secret sin in our life. And that thing keeps us from really being close to God. It's Passover. As you hopefully will be doing communion together as a family, it's going to give you an opportunity to say, Lord, I need a Passover on this Good Friday. I need the Lamb of God. I pray the blood of Jesus fall on my home, fall upon me, and set me free. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I want to close with prayer. I want to pray a blessing over you. Would you close your eyes as I pray? Maybe you just lift up your hands if you feel comfortable. And just receive. Oh, Father God, I just pray for your people. I pray, Father, for whoever is watching, that you would so bless them this Good Friday. Lord, that they would know that they know that greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. No pandemic can stop the loving hand of God. I pray, Father, for those who realize how important the Lamb of God was on that Good Friday. How he represented, Lord, the substitute for my sins. You paid the penalty for my sins and for all of humanity's sins. So, Father, all we have to do is say, will you be my Lord? Will you be my Savior? Will you set me free from those things that oppress me, from those things that enslave me and bring joy unspeakable? Oh, God, let this be truly a good Friday. Oh, Father, bless your people. Set them free in Jesus' holy name. Amen. <laughs> well, I, uh, I want to say happy Good Friday. And I want to remind you that I started off with Good Friday is not the end. And that's because Sunday's coming. I don't know about you, but I'm reminded about a video. It's, it's a favorite. Um, it's called Sunday's Coming. And I can't wait for you to see it because it's true. Without Sunday, Friday has no significance. But I'll tell you what, no matter how tough it is right now, we can praise God because Sunday's coming. And the grave is empty because Jesus is alive. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. 
How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.